Welcome to the Elevate Life podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. So we've been talking about a kingdom mindset. How many of you think a kingdom mindset is very important in the world that we're living in right now? Come on, it's very important. And so I've said this for weeks now and I wanna say it again. If you're looking for a white church, this isn't it. There are white churches, we're not that. If you're looking for a black church, this, this is not it. There's black churches you can find. You say, what, what is a black church and what is a white church? A white church is just white people. Black church is just black people. If you're looking for a Republican church, this is not it. If you're looking for a Democrat church, this is not it. If you're looking for a conservative church, this is not it. If you're looking for a liberal church, this is not it. If you're looking for a pastor or leader that has a crazy flag that you can't see, this is it. No, that's not, that's, that's not what I was gonna say. But, but the truth is, if you're looking for a church that's striving to focus on kingdom in the midst of a crazy world, this is the church. So thank you for being here. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to do. If you come to this church and you want to know if I agree with you, you'll probably leave at some point because you'll find a point of agreement. I did not marry Sheila because she agreed with me. In fact, I married Sheila because she was exactly opposite from me. She was a girl. That's where it started. I married Sheila because I was attracted to the betterness that was in her than was in me. I, I married Sheila because I thought by being with her, I would be better, that my life would be better. I believe that with all my heart. So that, that means that required me to be better because I really do believe still to this day, 525 months later, that she is better. She's a better person than me. And that's the kind of people that we need to be growing through life with, not going through life with, but growing through life with. And so this is a church and I wanna encourage you because we had some talks this last week amongst some of our executive team where sometimes, um, sometimes I wanna explain something to you. Not that you need me to explain this, but first and foremost in my mind, I don't look out into a crowd and think in my mind uh, Kevin, that I wonder what Kevin's going through today. Because if, if I took that on, it would be like Jesus weeping tears of blood in the garden of Gethsemane. I mean, he's weeping, he's he got such a weight on him because he's carrying the weight of humanity. And then he dies on a cross for us all. And he's, he, he's, he's risen from the dead and so Jesus is really good about that. And I want you to know, everybody really hear me. Jesus cares about every problem. He cares about every circumstance. He cares about everything that you're facing right now. And the Bible says, cast your care, what you care about, cast your care on him because he cares for you. So now here's what my job is. It's not that I don't care, I care very much. That's why I started this church 20 years ago in a podunk town called Frisco. 28,000 people, it was, it was nothing compared, this was a field, this was a part of Pearson's Farms when I started this church. So, so what, is, what is my job? And we were talking about this, this last week in one of our executive team meetings. My, my job is that regardless, and I want you to really hear me just for a second, and then I'm gonna get into the word that God has for you today. But my job is to hear a word from God, to strive to live that word in my own life and prove it out not 
preach something that I'm not striving to live. I'm not perfect at it, but I'm striving to live it. I'm not going to tell you one thing and then go back in the back and light up a joint. I don't have a problem with you if you do that. It's an herb. It's from the ground. God gave it. But nonetheless, anyway, uh, I won't judge you. Here's my point. I don't judge you. But here's what I want you to understand. My job is to hear from God and not take my cues from culture, not take my cues from people, not listen to the voices of dissent or consent. My job as a spiritual leader is to hear from God for myself, my family, and on your behalf. And then the Bible says in Ephesians 4 that God gives gifts to the body called apostles, pastors, prophets, teachers, and evangelists to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. My job is to get a word from God to give you that word, watch this, not to see if it agrees with your theology or presupposition before you came in here. My job is to create an environment where if you elevate your thinking, come on, help me, you'll elevate your life. And so that's our goal. So know this, and I'm gonna say this as sweetly as I can. No matter what you're facing, I really do care about that. I can't know all that, but here's what I know. Regardless of where you are, regardless of what's happening in our world, I'm gonna receive a word from God, I'm gonna give you that word, and regardless of your issue or your problem or the thing that you're caring about, I promise you that if it doesn't relate to you today, it will next week, or it will next year, or something, God will use the word that goes forth from this place. So never judge me, if you can, never judge this place by what I say in any given week. Just know I'm trying to get through this imperfect vessel of a, I don't know what kind of personality I have, Sheila, would you call it a C-type? Anyway, some kind of mellow person like I am. Whatever that's called, I don't know what it's called, but I'm trying to hear God and to give you what God is saying through the unique fingerprint that God has given me to live an imprint of what God wants to say in your life. That's my opener. And I want to just tell you, I love you very much. I care very much about you. And I'm going to give you the word. Okay. So here we go. So we've been talking about developing a kingdom mindset. This is our sixth week. How today's title is how to go up and not be held back. How many of you have ever in your life, situations, circumstances, whatever, you felt held back on some level? Let me just see your hands. Okay, I think we all have. On some level, we all have. So I wanna give you out of the word of God what I believe is a word from God for this season. This is our core and key scripture, Isaiah 2. It's on the screens and behind me. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house. I wanna stop right there. Anytime mountain is mentioned in scripture, it is a typos in the Greek. It is a picture, an image of authority. So I want to read this again. In the last days, the authority of the Lord's house will be the highest of all. The most important place on earth. It, the Lord's house, and the authority that's in the Lord's house will be raised above all other authorities and the people all over the world will stream there to worship. So thank you for walking in, streaming. Thank you for streaming live with us. Last weekend, over 14,000 people joined us online. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for being a part of us. Come join us live, wear a mask, do whatever you need to do, get in this room. God's gonna change your life, okay? So the Bible says, in the last days, people will stream 
And then from many nations, they will come and say, this is the Bible now, the prophet Isaiah, come, let us go up to the mountain. Everybody say, go up. Let us go up to the authority of the Lord and his house. Why? Because he will teach us his ways and we will walk in his paths. I want to ask you a very superficial yet very profound question that only you can answer. Do you want to live your life according to God's ways or your ways? Do you want to walk the way you think that you should walk in your life or do you want to walk the way God wants you to walk? There's an old church hymn, walk this way. That's a, that's a, we used to sing that in church. Talk this way. I mean, it was great. Just give me a, anyway, so uh, that, Anyway, God says, I want you to come up. And if you don't come up, if, you, if you're not willing to come up to the authority of my house, of my word, I can't teach you my way. You'll just keep doing things your way. So you can't come to church thinking the same way you always thought. You can't come to church and think you're just going to walk the same way you walk. He says, come up so I can teach you my ways and you can walk in my path. Somebody say, thank you, God. Come on, that there's a place like that in the earth, right? So Albert Einstein, you know, I love smart people. I married summa cum laude. It was so great in college. Sheila was the gold gold cord girl. They announced her name. She walked across that platform. They put a gold cord on her. Nobody really clapped. When they announced my name, the fact that I graduated got me a standing ovation. No gold cord. It was like, they got suffocated to death. This little boy, he's got brain damage. He is messed up. He's got a crazy flag nobody sees. This is amazing. If he can do it, anybody can do it. Anyway, so I... I love smart people. That's why Sheila is my wife. That's why Scott is my best friend. And that's why Denny and Deonza, who are just some of the most dearest people in our whole lives. Y'all stand up, y'all stand up. Wave to everybody, love everybody. Let everybody know, let them know how much we love them. You know how long we've been in a relationship? Since 1978. They know where the bodies are. They know me P.S., pre-Sheila. Like they know, they know me and they're here today. <laughs> Thank you, 42 years later. 42 years later, how can we be that old? Anyway, everybody say go up. Now say this this way. Say, I'm going to go up because I don't want to go back. All right, here we go. Albert Einstein said this, smart guy. The world as we have created it is a process of our thinking. So if you look at your marriage, if you look at your family, if you look at your life, it's it's part of a world that you've created that is a result of your thinking. It cannot be changed without changing your thinking. What cannot be changed? The world that I've created. 
Your marriage is not going to magically get better because this person becomes the person of your dreams. The goal has got to be, I've got to elevate my thinking. I've got to be the change, Gandhi says, that I want to see. So if we're going to go up and not be held back, I'm going to tell you two things today and then I'm going to be through. Number one, God has been trying to get this message out to us from the very beginning. You've got to have a leave and cleave mindset. You've got to leave it to cleaver. (laughs) What does the Bible say? Let's take a look at it. To cleave, by the way, means to continue to think that a method, belief, or person is true or valuable, even when it seems unlikely. Now, I would like to tell y'all that in my whole life since I met Sheila, that I've just always thought this way, that I'm just going to cleave to her But watch this, there's some things in our relationship, and after all these years, I have to say, mostly me, that have caused me to think that this is unlikely. But when I cleave, guess what I keep doing? I keep holding on. I'll keep holding on, holding on. Old church music all in my spirit today. God's been trying to get us to understand this mindset from the very beginning. For this reason, everybody say reason. A man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined in the Hebrew, shall cleave to his wife and they shall become one flesh. God says, I wanna give you a picture. This is two pages into the Bible. We're two pages in. Two pages in, God He creates the earth, he creates, you know, all the days of creation. And then we get to the second page and God says, we're two pages in. Two pages in, God says, this is the mindset I want you to have. Leave your father and mother and cleave to the one that I've given you so that there can be unity. Because if you can have unity here, and you can leave and cleave with your mindset, wherever you go, there can be unity. But if you can't get this one right, then there's gonna be a whole lot of disunity everywhere else because you don't have the mindset that you gotta leave and cleave. Everybody say leave and cleave. So God has always been trying to get this to us. Genesis 12, he goes to Abram. He's got this plan for a family. It starts with a man. And he doesn't just want a family, watch this. He wants a man that'll have a family, that'll have a tribe, that'll become a nation, that will become a kingdom on the earth. So he, Genesis 12, the Lord said to Abram, leave your country. Wow, leave your country. God's always saying leave. Leave your mama, leave your daddy, leave your country. What? Yes. Leave your country, leave your relatives. What does that speak of? So your country speaks of your nationality. Your relatives speak of those that are a part of your race or who you relate to. Leave that. Leave your father's family and go to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. Let me stop right here and talk about famous for a minute. Uh, There are some infamous names in the earth. I could name a lot, but I'll just start with Hitler. 
When you start with Adolf Hitler, everybody here knows what happened. His name was infamous, his name was not famous. God wants to make your name famous enough that within your family, first of all, and then within your constituency, the people that you do life with, you actually have influence because of your name. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make you famous. You will be a blessing to other people. I will bless those who bless you. I'll curse those who treat you with contempt or those that curse you. All of the families of earth, of the earth will be blessed through you. Now listen very carefully. This is God's heart. What is God's heart? It's not as simple as saying, leave your country, leave your family, leave, leave your race, leave your relatives. Leave. Here's what God is saying. Really hear me. Now listen, we're talking about a kingdom mindset. Leave the parts of that that were bad. Learn from that learn the good and bring that into the next person, the next relationship, the next business and cleave to that. You know what a lot of people are cleaved to? They're cleaved to how their family thought. They're cleaved to how their race thinks. They're cleaved to how their country thinks. They've cleaved themselves to the wrong things. Yet God, Alvin, is always saying to us, oh, you will marry that girl. Alvin, you better leave the way you've been. Otherwise, you're going to bring what you should have left into that. And what that was that you should have left is going to mess that up. That's what God's trying to say. So that, that's for us personally. That's for us professionally in our businesses. That's for us in our life. So it's a mindset. So God says, I want you to leave and cleave. <clears throat> While walking through the forest one day, a man found a young eagle who had fallen out of a nest. He took it home and he put it in his barnyard where it soon learned to eat and behave like a chicken. One day a naturalist passed by the farm and asked the farmer, why is the king of all birds in a barnyard with chickens? The farmer replied, since he had given it chicken feed and trained it to be a chicken, it had never learned to fly. He rescued it. He stuck it in an atmosphere, in a family, in an environment, in a place around chickens. And since then, he's behaved like a chicken. And I guess he's no longer an eagle. The naturalist said he still has the heart of an eagle. And surely he can be taught to fly. He then picked up the eagle. He looked it in the eye. And he said, you belong to the sky, not the earth. Stretch forth your wings and fly. And he threw the eagle up. The eagle, however, was confused. He didn't know who he was. And seeing the chickens down below him, he never even opened his wings up. He just fell flat on the ground, began to eat their food and jumped down with them and here's an eagle. Where'd you learn to walk like that? I don't know. Where'd you learn to talk like that? Gluck, gluck, gluck. I don't know. It's just how everybody around me is.
The naturalist then took the bird to the roof of the barn and he got right out on the edge and he looked the eagle right in the eye and he said, you are an eagle. Stretch forth your wings and fly. And he threw the eagle off the top of the barn. But the eagle was afraid of his unknown self and the world that was different than the world he had been exposed to. And once more, he never opened his wings and he fell to the ground and began to walk like a chicken. Finally, the naturalist took the eagle out of the barnyard to a high mountain. He stepped right to the edge of a cliff. He looked at the eagle this time and he said, you are the king of birds. You are an eagle. You belong to the sky. Stretch forth your wings and fly. He threw the eagle out over the cliff. And as he began to fall, for the first time, he spread his wings and What's amazing about eagles is this is what eagle mommies do. They push their eagles out of the nest off of a cliff. For those that do not open their wings, the eagle sweeps down, comes up under them, and raises them back up, puts them in the nest where the little eaglet goes, whew, thank you, mama. <sighs> Whoa, I thought I was gonna die. Oh, you're gonna die, all right? Because we're gonna do this over and over and over until you get it. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, as a little boy, Every morning, I was so blessed to live with my mama, and she was in our home. And so we would cook breakfast. She would cook breakfast for us. Both of my parents worked, and my mama cared for us. And so every morning, we'd have the same breakfast. It was uh, scrambled eggs and toast. And I got to tell you, if you ever want a good scrambled egg, I can do that. And if you ever want good toast, I don't do toaster toast. I do broiler toast with six pats of butter on each piece of toast. I know how to make me some toast, y'all. Never settle for toaster toast when you can have broiler toast. It's like excellence. It takes a little bit longer, but it's well worth the wait. Anyway, I talk about toast like I'm a toast master. But I want to say this to you, that every morning we would, we'd all have duties. So one of us, there's three of us, would set the table. One would help make the scrambled eggs. One would be in charge of the toast. And that rotated every morning. But my favorite part, this is just, my favorite part of breakfast was my mama would say, okay, let's draw a scripture. And in the middle of our table, there's this little plastic bread box and it's called the bread of life. And there were scriptures inside there. And I can remember as a little boy, all growing up, first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, drawing scriptures out. And one day I drew this scripture and it became my first life scripture, Deuteronomy 33, 27. The eternal God is your refuge and underneath are his everlasting arms. The Bible says that God, like wings of an eagle, 
will bear you up when you cannot bear up yourself. But here's what I want to tell you. God didn't make you to be no black chicken, no white chicken, no American chicken, no Republican chicken, no Democrat chicken. He made you to be an eagle in his kingdom. That's what he made you for. This last weekend was one of my heaven on earth experiences. I got to do six masterminds coaching uh, literally dozens and dozens of people. It's growing into hundreds of people in three different states. And um, I heard a story. I get to hear stories of people who, uh, of a man who was in our mastermind. And I wanted you to meet him today. I want him and his spiritual father, Nathan, to come. This is Tony Mack and Nathan. Y'all come on up here. Give them a big hand as they come. That's what we should play. They're going to understand that in a minute. I love you. Y'all can be seated. Uh, this is Tony Mack. Tony Mack was a six-time Golden Gloves boxing champion. He uh, trained for the Olympic team. He was uh, ranked as a fighter. Is that right? Third in... Was he... As an amateur, he was third in the United States. Third in the United States. Uh, he, he had a dream to be a boxing champion. And uh, when I heard his story this last week, I knew a little bit of the story, but I just wanted y'all to meet him. We're going to tell a story later on, but I wanted you to meet him because uh, we're going to do the Quentin Tarantino. Those of you who don't know about that, that's okay. I'm now talking to pagan people. The, the, the Quentin Tarantino's, we're going to tell the story from the end to the beginning. So, when did you come to Elevate Life Church? Last year, October last year. October of last year. Yes, and you heard about our warrior conference. Yes, sir. It's like we're going to have a warrior night on Friday night. I'm wearing my custom uh, Air, Force, Air Force One shoes, my custom warrior Air Force One shoes that we're going to be selling at our warrior conference, by the way. And it's just really a cool I think, cool, shoot. Yeah, fresh. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, uh, so you came to the Warrior Conference and God did something in your life. Did some amazing things. Um, I went and you spoke, you said some things that just spoke to my heart. And so that next day, exactly the next day, I went to go get Warrior tattooed on my arm. Zoom in on that. <laughs> so so let, let me just talk business for a second. There's some people that they hear it and they don't do it. And then there's some people they hear it and it gets tattooed. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, let me tell you about something about a tattoo. It's permanent, like for the most part, unless you want to go through some serious pain. It's permanent. And the next day after coming, you said, that's, that's who I am. That's who I am. I, that's I, I'm, I'm, like I'm a warrior. Like he got it the first time, it. Sean. He got it. Like I'm a warrior and had it tattooed on his arm. He didn't have it painted on his shoe. Nope. I'm not there yet. <laughs> I need it like tattooed on my throat. <laughs> Sheila would love that. Honey, take a look at that. <laughs> You'd love that, wouldn't you, honey? <laughs> anyway, so, so you come to the Warrior Conference, your life goes into quick gear, you join Mastermind when? The next month. The next month. Yes, sir. He gets involved in Mastermind. Unbeknownst to me, like I don't know him that well, I know Nathan better, and you're gonna, you're gonna meet Nathan, but Nathan is a, is a professional trainer, 
professional boxing trainer, among other things. He owns a blind business. Like he does the blind business so he can do what he likes and that's train boxers. Yep. But you got, you got a boxer that's coming up on a card with Mike Tyson and and Roy Jones. And Roy Jones. Hey, I can't wait to see Mike Tyson fight again. I mean, some of y'all, y'all aren't into this, but like Mike Tyson, I just hope he gets a little stirred up and gets hungry and <laughs> just make it really interesting. Anyway, it's like, I'm coming for you. Anyway, so, so, but, but you, you train fighters. And so, so now, he comes, he gets the warrior tattoo, he gets plugged into Mastermind. Little did, little did I, I, I didn't know really anything about him, got to hear more about him. How did you guys meet? Uh, we met about 10, 11 years ago in a boxing gym, you know, just working out together. And um, it, you, as he was going to the Olympics or trying to get to the Olympics, you know, I helped push him along. Uh, he failed, but He's like, I'm going to turn pro, and one thing leads to another. I became his manager and just watched him grow as a, as a man, but take all of these failures and turn them into successes. Wow. So from, from 20 to 30, he was a pro boxer, 13, one and one. From, from 27 to 30. But the, 27 he, he was, to 30. He started boxing late. He started at 20 when nobody says you can start boxing. Yeah, so from 27 to 30, had built a record of 13, one and one, was – ranked he, he was ranked and he was texas super middleweight champion super middleweight champion third in amateur as an amateur third but yeah. we were getting ready for big fights i mean so he was ready to take he that was on next. his way and what happened we're in the gym doing what friends do punching each other in the face and he <laughs> said i i can't see there's something wrong with my eye i'm like dude you're being a baby and He's like, no, no, I am. Say something else. But. He, he, right. <laughs> <laughs> I did. He, so he, did, he, did, he didn't use church language? Yeah, yeah right. I've got, I've got one of my friends. He goes, when I'm around you, I have to use church language. I go, it's not church language. Anyway, go ahead. So uh, he goes to the doctor and he calls me. He's like, I detached my retina. I'm like, don't worry about it. You're going to be okay. We'll get through it. Well, five surgeries later, career's done. Career's done. And he's 30 years old. 30 years old. So you begin to mentor him in business. That whole time, as we were talking, as I met him, I always instilled in him, there's got to be life after boxing. Yeah. So we, we had a gym that he would dabble in, but I always had a backup plan for him. Yeah, yeah. So how did you begin to see him? My spiritual father, um, he always installed in me um, the fear of God. He always sent Bible verses to me daily. He always talked to me about business, and I saw the way he ran his life, the way he treated his wife, the way he ran his family, the way he took care of business. And I wanted that. Yeah. And I saw it and I, um, and I adapted it. You so know? now let's go back, 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 back. Uh, you were raised in Pleasant Grove. Raised in Pleasant Grove. People that don't know about Pleasant Grove, oh, man. Grove. I, I, grew up, <laughs> I grew up close to there in Cockrell Hill. We were the hood. I mean, for real. Yeah. For real. <laughs> all right. So, so I know all about Pleasant Grove, but you were in Pleasant Grove. Pleasant Grove. What, give us something about your family so they know. So I, in Pleasant Grove, my father, he raised me as a single man by himself. He did the best he could to make sure, you know, I was all right. But, you know, he knew he needed help with, you know, he was living a different lifestyle, but, you know, his sisters helped raise me. Yeah. And so one of his sisters moved to Plano. And so um, while I was in Pleasant Grove, living the life I was living around the wrong crowd, getting into things I don't supposed to get into, um, I knew that wasn't a life for me. I just knew something more was out there. So when, my, when I found that my aunt moved to Plano, I called and asked if I'd come live with her. So you go, you go to Plano, 
And uh, what were your initial thoughts? Oh, man, you know, it's, I'm coming from the hood. I had designs in the back of my head. You know, I had the, the tall white tees back in the day. You know how it was. Yeah. It was the, the, that, that mentality. And then when I went to Plano. So you were, so you were thinking in your mind, I'm going to bring some pleasant I'm from the hood to, I'm, to Plano. I'm going to bring some pleasant road to Plano. <laughs> and that's what you were thinking. That was, that was I'm my initial who, thinking. I'm going to be who I am, I am, right? Okay, so go ahead. And so when I got to Plano, man, it was nothing like that. Everybody opened me with me welcomed me with open arms and they so was just, there a bunch every, of black people in play it was completely white <laughs> it was, <laughs> i came from a predominantly all black neighborhood and i moved to Plano where it was all white and did you think you did you think you would be accepted I mean, what's in your mind did you think man i'm gonna go up here what'd you think i just i never thought that i would be accepted and so when i was in pleasant grove and the dallas DIS, disd county they never knew the way i learned they never took the time to figure out how i learned it individual when i went to plano they took the time out to teach me how to learn the right way, and they called me back up to my right grade. And by doing that, I ended up being the first black senior class president of Plano West and the first black homecoming king. How, how many of y'all think those stories need to be told too? How many of y'all think those stories need to be told? That's, that's what I think, and I heard that I was so profound because here's what he said in Mastermind. He said, now listen, and I want to say this to everybody. It ain't about Pleasant Grove and Plano. It's not about the place. It's not about the black and it's not about the white. Here's what it's about, the mentality, the mentality. So he goes to his new place. Now remember what I just read to you. God's heart is, I want you to leave and cleave. I don't want you to leave and take what you should have left with you to the next place and that next place end up being like your last place. I want you to leave and cleave. So he did becomes the first black student president. president, becomes the first black uh, homecoming, king. homecoming king. And uh, do you think people did that because they felt sorry for you? Or? Repeat that again. Do you think people did that because they felt sorry they, for not you? Not at all. Because they go, look, he's our little black friend. Nah. We're going to make him the homecoming <laughs> king. No, hey, uh, that wasn't one, one worked, bit of that, was it? Not, not at all. I worked for that. It was amazing. I, and I love this like guy. I love his heart. I love his spirit. I love the fact that his father, he honors his father. And even though his father didn't serve the Lord like he, he knew that he could, God brought him a spiritual father to say, hey, I'm gonna teach you about life. I'm gonna teach you about business. And it, it, this, when you look at that guy, do you go, there's white Nathan. There's white Nathan, he's my spiritual father. I'm asking you, or do you look at him and say, God, you brought this amazing man in my life. I'm going to benefit from everything that he teaches me. What's look, your filter? I look at him as a blessing. You know, I think that look he came at him into my life at a certain time when I needed him. And he taught me the things that I needed, that need to be taught because my father going to teach me so much because that was his thinking. You know, yeah. his thinking was limited. Yeah. But the Nate, the things that I needed in life, Nate brought to the table. And yeah. uh, he took the time out and welcomed me to his family and uh, open, open, open arms. You know, he taught me, he took the time to teach me these things that, and, and you know, you came, to this church, right you came to this church and here's what Nathan, Nathan started talking to you about money. What did, what did he tell you about money? He invested, you know, he, he talked to me about how important tithing is. And I took it around with it, you know, and then I went to the mastermind and you mentioned, like at first I knew what tithing is, I did it. You know, I was just doing it just to be doing it because I knew that that was the Bible say. But when I went to the mastermind, you taught, you said something about the flow. And given the I extra talked about 4%. how I talked about how high performance people do one thing different, and it was what we called the four percent. Four percent. You took that. I took it around with it immediately, 
And you started adding 4% of everything I did. I'll give him, give him the 4% at, my, at the gym, give him 4% of my time, give him 4% of my money extra on top of, you know, the, so again, the original 10%. The, one of the things that we teach when we coach, and, and I have the privilege of not only having Nathan in a mastermind, but I personally coach him as well, just like he coaches other people. And one of the things we teach is how to get into flow. Some people never discover their flow. They never discover their rhythm. They never discover what I call a part of your X factor. What is it that gets you into flow? And what we've learned, again, through neuroscientists and through high performance athletes and particularly extreme athletes is that if you just add 4% to what you're doing, it, that, at that point, there's something magical. It creates flow in your life. It's like magic. It's like, okay, what's 4%? What, what 4% can I add to my giving? What 4% can I add to my effort? It's, a, it's, it's an amazing, amazing thing. And you took that to heart took it and did it work. It. That's why I'm asking, did it work? 100%, my business skyrocketed. Um, and so in 2019, I wrote on a goal list. I said, I want to be in the house in 20, April, 2020. And since I went to mastermind and learn the flow of life and I'll stay consistent with it and in April 2020 me and my wife we we went to go look at a house and we bought our house and but it, then I went back to my gold book in 2019 and I saw that I wrote down that I want to be in a house in 2020 and it, it happened and it's by the flow and it, how everything just came together. Is that together. amazing? Is that Business amazing? Just, and that, then, and I, I went back and looked at it after we bought the house and everything. I'm like, man, this, this is crazy. It was scary. It was kind of... That, that's what happens when it, that's called prophetic. So what happens is part of when you realize that your dreams, listen very carefully now to what I'm going to tell you. I can't go into this because we don't have time. But whatever your dream is, is attached to a prophetic promise that God has for your life. And that's why you don't have to do it on your own. You can, but if you'll go up, and you're coming to my house, God said, I'll teach you my ways. You'll walk into my path. And guess what? Like eagle's wings, I will bear you up when you can't make it happen. But if you'll do your part, and that's what you did. And life began to change for you very quickly. Everything, man, my business, my, my, my goals, my dreams, everything I ever put in my goal books years ago, you know, it's all coming together. All yeah. because I did the small things. I stayed consistent with God. Yeah. I stayed consistent with giving. Stay consistent with everything we was doing, and what's funny is that I knew I was I was owning something, but when I came to the mastermind class and stuff like that, you put it into perspective, and it made everything make sense. Yeah, I always knew I wanted to do something like that. I always wanted I had a confidence, the confidence to do it like that. But then when I came under your teaching, it just it put it all into perspective, and yeah. it all came together. And I'm like, so That's so why. when you joined mastermind, you had how many streams of income? You had two, like right? two or three, yeah, two, yeah. Now and how many got, you got today? Five to eight, you know, I just got multiple streams of income. I'm just, I'm just, I'm having fun, man. You know, me and a wife, <laughs> we having fun. And doing it for God. All for God. So Nathan, first of all, thank you for being willing to pour into this guy. Because guess what? He's you now to dozens and dozens of people. He owns a boxing gym, but it's way more than that. Ladies, I want to announce something to you that we're working on. Uh, he's talking in Mastermind, and I have this idea. And all of a sudden, I jump up and I go, Tybo! Tybo! How many of you ladies remember Tybo? Come on. Some of y'all worked out the Tybo. I said, you're the new Tybo. You're going to have a boxing deal for women, beginner, intermediate, advanced, elite. It's going to be a package you sell. We start dreaming together. 
Man, I'm so excited. Me so too. you train fighters. I train fighters. But you're going to train women. Watch this now. Not how to fight, but that's okay. Teach them to knock them out. Like, oh, hey, baby, I want to sniff you. Bam, bam. Anyway, some of y'all get that. So, so anyway, I'm just so excited about what God's doing. But Nathan, Nathan, <laughs> close us out here. Y'all got to admit that's funny. I don't care. Go ahead. Even talking about his flow and his tone, he's grown, right? Everybody's going through COVID and everything. One of the greatest things is he's doubled his giving this year. You know, so bought a house and doubled his giving all by keeping God first. Yeah. And that's awesome. Y'all give them a big hand. Thank you so much. Tony, Tony. So listen, listen. Now y'all don't leave. We're almost through, but don't leave. Listen. Be seated for a second. Tony, I want you, or Tony, I want you and Nathan to be in the lobby uh, in the end. I want people to meet you and to learn about your gym, what you're doing. We're gonna have a little mastermind area that they can go to. If you're interested in mastermind, David will be back there. You can talk to him about that. But I'm just telling you, here's what I know. In this house, God has given us a different kind of mindset. And, and Tony is proof that no matter where you are in your life, if you go up, if you go up, you'll never be held back. I said, if you go up, you'll never be held back. One more time, give them a big hand. They'll be in the lobby. God bless you guys. Love you. Thank you. Everybody say, I wasn't made to be a chicken. I'm going to fly like an eagle. Come on, y'all. The Bible says, if you wait on the Lord, you'll mount up with wings as eagles. You'll run and not be weary. You'll walk and not faint. Amen? Amen. Here's the last thing today. Stay with me because this is going to be good. You got to leave and cleave. That's a mindset. And my question to you is what do you need to leave? What mindset, what mentality do you need to leave so you can cleave to what God has next for you and be in unity? And if any two of you agree is touching anything, my Father in heaven will do it. But here's the second last thing. If you're gonna have a kingdom mindset, you've got to remember not and reach forward. The Bible says, remember not the former things. Doesn't say which former things, just remember not the former things. Don't let, don't let former stuff hold you back. Neither consider the things of old, for behold, I will do a new thing. I just wanna announce in the name of Jesus, September, now I'm speaking of some of you have never had a word from God, here's your word. September is going to be a time where things that need to be final will be final in Jesus' name. There's some of you, you've been believing for some things to come to an end. Mark it down. God gave you this word today. It's going to be final. Here's the second thing. This is what nine means in scripture. It's going to be fruitful. I prophesy, I speak what I believe God is saying over your life, that September October, November, and December are gonna be the greatest four months of 2020. You're gonna see God's hand. Come on, would you receive that? Come into agreement with me. And here's the last thing. The last thing that nine means, and we're in the ninth month of 2020, the last thing that nine means is nine means fullness of time. A woman doesn't carry a baby 10 months. She doesn't carry a baby eight months. She carries it nine months. There are nine gifts of the Spirit. There are nine fruit of the Spirit. What is God saying? 
This is a month where towards the end of the year, it's going to be the fullness of time. Some things are going to come to pass and be birthed that have been needed to be birthed in the name of Jesus. Would you receive that? Come on, would you receive that? So, so, so watch this. It's time for a new thing. God's doing a new thing. I said, God's doing a new thing. And the Bible says, now it shall spring forth. And then the interesting question, shall you not know it? Shall you not know it? In other words, there's going to be some people that know it and some people that don't. I want to be somebody that knows the new thing that God's going to do. And it starts here. It starts now in the name of Jesus. I will even make a way in the wilderness and I'll bring rivers into your desert. Everybody say, remember not and reach forward. Here's the reach forward part. I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Now, this is the tough part. I press. I press. Tim, how do we get people to press? You're in a business where you try to coach people. You, your wife is a coach in Salina of champions, champion softball teams. Is that right? How's your team this year? Good, of course they're great because they got you, baby. They got you. But listen, y'all are in the coaching business. It's one of the most difficult things to get people to press. It's like, well, how much are you gonna press? How much are you, without feeling pressure? So, so it's up to me how much I press. So what does the Bible say? Hey, forget those things that are behind reach for those things that lie ahead. But watch this, I press. What do I press? What do I press for? Do I press for more money? If that's your goal, you're gonna be under pressure. Do I press for my way? If you do that, you're gonna be under pressure. Your relationships are gonna experience that. What does the Bible say? I press toward the goal for the prize of the, somebody say it, upward call. Everybody say go up. I press for what God has for me that's up there that I've not yet apprehended yet. And guess what? It's the call of God on my life. What is the call of God that's on your life? Watch this. To press and receive everything that he has for you that you can't get if you don't leave what you need to leave and cleave to what he's telling you and to who he's telling you to cleave to. And if you keep remembering the wrong stuff. <sighs> Can I just tell you one of Pastor Sheila's greatest gifts? She is a great forgetter. <sighs> Thank you, honey. She's, it's a gift of forgetting. You, you know, she's laughing because it's, it's just, it, here's the thing, it's strategic. Have you ever been around somebody they don't remember anything except the wrong? Like, how does your memory get so good all of a sudden? You know, 10 years ago on this day, Here's what you did. Sheila is a great forgetter. You know why she's a great forgetter? She forgets the things that cause her the knots. Remember not. What's the knots? Negative, offenses, and troubles. Remember not. The negative. She's great at forgetting the negative. Like moving on just like she's great at it. And then when she's not great at it, Michelle, here's what's beautiful. She'll come to me and she'll go, I can't get through this. I need your help. I go, okay, let's go. 
Actually, it, she comes to me. She doesn't just keep processing. She doesn't just keep. She goes, I'm not, I'm not getting through this. I need your help. And I go, okay. Then let's, let's do it. Let's, let's get through it. So many people expect positive things to happen when they're negative. And let me give you a revelation. Nothing positive will happen in your life when you're negative. That's why, please, 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 don't watch a lot of news. No, I'm both. CNN, Fox, it's all, there's so much negativity. Listen, don't let that get on you. Some of y'all need to wash your mind right now. Just say, God, wash me with the water of your word. I don't care how fair and balanced they seem to be. They're not your, they're not your spiritual fathers. They're not your pastors. They're not your disciples. Listen, you decide the voices that you listen to. Find some news that's really news, okay? I'm just encouraging you, okay? I'm encouraging you, but turn off the negative stuff. Turn on the positivity of the word of God. Believe the best in other people, come on. That's what we're, that's what we're trying to do because we wanna have a kingdom mindset. But watch this, it's not just the negative things. Nothing positive happens when you're negative. That's one of my leadershipologies, but watch this. It's also the offenses. Now, now let, me, let, me, let me finish this scripture. So press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, everybody say us, as many as are mature. Have this mind. What mind? That we forget the things that are behind. We reach for the things that God has for us that, were, that are a part. I press towards the upward. I'm going to go up to the mountain, his authority, and I'm going to learn his word. I'm going to live my life like that so he can teach me his ways and I can walk in his paths. Now watch this. This is the best business book you'll ever read. This is the best marriage manual you'll ever have. This is the best life coaching you'll ever get. I mean, this book is it, right? I mean, this is it. So you can't expect to know his ways and be taught his ways if you aren't reading the book. If you aren't coming to the house of God and getting taught and getting equipped, that's my job to equip you with a kingdom mindset. So listen to this. Let us be mature. You know how you can measure somebody's maturity? By what it takes to offend them. Guys, we live in a world where people are just, they get offended every single second of every single day. Remember not the negativity and the offenses. My friend John Bevere wrote a book called The Bait of Satan. He said, offense is like a trap. You get stuck in it. And some of y'all need to quit being offended. Quit being offended by what you hear. Quit being offended by what they say. Quit being offended. Just say, you know what? I'm pressing towards the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. I'm reaching. I'm going up. Come over and say, go up. And then here's the last thing. Remember not. Remember. The, listen. I've got some very bad news and some very good news. First, the bad news. Trouble is coming your way. Well, praise the Lord. I, man, I, I'm so glad I came to church today. You know why I know trouble's coming in my way? Because tomorrow I'll be in the gym again. And my relaxed self, my mellowness, my chillaxing goes away in the gym. All of a sudden, I'm forcing blood into my muscles I'm picking up heavy stuff I'm panting thinking heart you gotta work we're doing this and I'm gonna make myself troubled 
by what I exert on myself physically. Let's talk about emotionally. Some people are troubled emotionally because of somebody else's trouble. Be free from that. In the name of Jesus, be free from that. You, the Bible says, Jesus said, be anxious for nothing. Listen, let, let today be about today, not about yesterday, not about what they said, not about what they did. Let, and then Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. You see, you can have trouble without being troubled. So here comes another word. God's going to give you double for your trouble. I say God's going to give you double for your trouble. It's not just a cute thing I'm saying. God's going to give you double for your trouble. But watch this. Remember not the negative. Everybody say negative. negative. Offenses. Offenses. Trouble. trouble. I want to close with this. But now, O Jacob, children of Israel, children of God to us, listen to the Lord who created you who formed you. And I'm speaking this over you and over your family and over your business and over your life in this season. Do not be afraid for I have ransomed you. I've called you by my name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. Some of you think you're gonna drown in this season. You're not gonna drown in the name of Jesus. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned. The flames will not consume you. Why? Because you are precious in my sight. Listen, you're precious in my sight. I'm God and I honor you. I honor you and I love you. And then he goes on to say this, you're my witnesses. You're my servants whom I'm, cho whom I'm choosing that you may know, you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. And before me, there was no God for him. Neither shall be after me. I even, I am the Lord and beside me, there is no savior. Come on, put an amen on that. I wrote a leadershipology and it says this, you can either allow the problem to minimize God or you can allow God to minimize your problem. Our God is a big God. And now before I pray, listen to this. Once there was an old man who lived in a tiny village. Although poor, he was envied by all. For he owned a beautiful white horse. Even the king coveted his treasure. A horse like this had never been seen before. Such was its splendor, its majesty, and its strength. People offered fabulous prices for the steed, but the old man always refused. This horse is not a horse to me, he would tell them. It is a person. How could you sell a person? He's a friend, not a possession. How could you sell a friend? The man was poor and the temptation was great, but he never sold the horse. One morning, he found that the horse was not in the stable and all the village came to see him. You old fool, they scoffed. We told you that somebody would steal your horse. We warned you that you would be robbed. You were so poor, how could you ever hope to protect such a valuable animal? It would have been better if you had sold him. You could have gotten whatever price you wanted. No amount would have been too high. Now your horse is gone and you've been cursed with misfortune. The old man responded and he said, don't speak too quickly. Say only that the horse is not in the stable. This is all we know. The rest is judgment. If I've been cursed or not, how can you know? How can you judge? The people contested. Don't make us out to be fools. We may not be philosophers, but great philosophy is not needed. The simple fact is your horse is gone and that is a curse. The old man spoke again. 
All I know is that the stable is empty and the horse is gone. The rest I do not know. Whether it is a curse or whether it is a blessing, I cannot say. All we can see is a fragment. Who can say what will come next? So the people of the village laughed. They thought the old man was crazy. They thought he'd always been a fool. If he wasn't, he would have sold his horse. He would have lived off the money. But instead, he was a poor woodcutter, an old man still living on cutting firewood and dragging it out into the forest and selling it. He lived hand to mouth in the misery of poverty. Now he had proven that he was indeed a fool. After 15 days, the horse returned. He hadn't been stolen. He had run away into the forest. Not only had he returned, but he'd brought a dozen wild horses back with him. Once again, the village people gathered around the woodcutter and said, old man, you were right. We were wrong. What we thought was a blessing was, was a curse was a blessing. Please forgive us. The man responded, once again, you go too far. Say only that the horse is back. State only that a dozen horses returned with him, but don't judge. How do you know if this is a blessing or not? You only see a fragment. So unless you know the whole story, how can you judge? You read only one page of a book, can you judge the whole book? You read only one word of a phrase, can you understand the whole phrase? Life is so vast, yet you judge all of life with one page or one word. All we have is a fragment. Don't say that this is a blessing, no one knows. I am content with what I know, and I'm not perturbed by what I don't. Maybe the old man is right, they said one to another, so they said little, but deep down they knew he was wrong. They knew it was a blessing. 12 wild horses had returned with one horse, and with a little bit of work, the animals could be broken and trained and sold for much money, so the old man had a son. The young man began to break the wild horses and after a few days he fell from one of the horses and he broke both of his legs. Once again, the villagers gathered around the old man and they cast their judgments. You were right, you proved you were right. You had a dozen wild horses. We thought it was a blessing, but it's a curse. Your only son has broken both of his legs. Now in your old age, you have no one to help you. Now you're poorer than ever. The old man spoke again. You people are obsessed with judging. Don't go so far. Say only that my son broke his legs. Who knows if it's a blessing or a curse? No one knows. We only have a fragment. Life comes in fragments. It so happened that a few weeks later, the country engaged in war against the neighboring country. All the young men of the village were required to join the army. Only the son of the old man was excluded because he was injured. Once again, the people gathered around the old man crying and screaming because their sons had been taken to war. There was little chance they would ever return. The enemy was strong and the war would be a losing struggle. They would never see their sons again. You were right, old man, they wept. God knows you were right. This proves you were right. Your son's accident was a blessing. His legs may be broken, but at least he's with you. Our sons are gone forever. The old man spoke again. It is impossible to talk to you. <laughs> you always draw conclusions. No one knows. Say only this, 
only God knows. You see, the old man was right. We only have a fragment in time. You see, the truth is, his son didn't have to go to war. Their sons did. And they're just trying to figure out life based on what their perception is and what their perspective is. Life is gonna have some mishaps, it's gonna have some troubles and sometimes even some horrors. But whatever, whatever you're going through and wherever you are in your life right now, it's only one page. Don't draw conclusions. Don't judge people, don't judge this, don't judge that. You see, the whole story is this story right here. And this story trumps every story and puts every story into an eternal perspective. I don't know what you're facing, but here's what I wanna challenge you with today. If you're in this room, and like my friend Tony, you're needing to come out of a pleasant grove mentality. And you're needing to leave that And if you are, and I'll say it this way, hell-bent on taking that into your next marriage, taking that into your next business, taking that into your next level, you'll never cleave to what God wants you to cleave to, and that's His heart, His kingdom. And God wants to bring the right people, listen, I'm speaking this to your life, in the right place at the right time so that the right things happen for you regularly and heretofore in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus. So if you're here and you say, I got some stuff I gotta leave, man. I I need to get down the road with God. I I know for sure, I know for sure, I'm not where I need to be with God. I'm gonna count to three and everybody's looking. And not that anybody's looking at you, but I don't want you to bow your head right now. I just want you to say, "I, I, I need to leave some of my thought processes, some of my paradigms, I need to, I need to leave some of my ethnicity paradigm, some of my nationality paradigm, some of my political paradigm. I need, to, I need to leave all that and I need to cleave to God. I need to cleave to His Word. I, in this season of unrest, in this, re, in this season of division, I want to align my life not with the old man, but with the OG God. I, I need God in my life like never before. And I know I'm not where I need to be with God. When I count to three, I want you to jump up. I don't want you to kind of look, no matter who you came with, no matter what people say, if you say, I'm ready to leave it and I'm ready to cleave to God and I know that's what I need on three, stand up. Are you ready? One, what's what's somebody gonna think? It doesn't matter. Two, I'm not sure. Get sure right now. Three, stand up right now. If you say, I got some stuff, I got some situations, I I got some things I need to leave. Come on, just keep standing for a second. Keep standing for a second. Just stay standing for a second because you're not alone. Listen to me. Here's the second thing. Let's fix some stuff today. Let's shift some stuff. Just like Tony. Tony, I can't tell you how much I respect you. It's not about coming to a warrior conference one night and the next day getting a tattoo, but that's pretty cool. (laughs) That's like, that's who I am. And you shifted in one day. You permanized it. You tattooed it. That's what God's gonna do for people here today. It's not about a physical tattoo, but God's gonna tattoo their heart. 
Do you know that the Bible says that God has you written on the palm of his hand? That means that God is the original tattoo guy. Your name is on the palm of his hand. And if you're here and you say, I got some negativity, I got some offenses, I got some troubles, and I'm just tired of holding on to it. I want to remember it not, and I want to reach for what God has for for me. God's saying, I want you to come up. I want you to stand up right now. Leave the negativity behind. Leave the offense behind. Come on. Leave the troubles behind. Stand up right this second and say, I'm leaving it. Come on, behind. Just, Just take a stand. Just say, I'm doing that. I'm doing that. I'm making that happen right now. All right? So I don't care how long. If you've been saved a long time, it doesn't matter. All right? So watch this. Jenny, you ever been to a church where you got a message from God? Because here's what I want to tell you. You hadn't seen nothing yet. 40 for you is trials, it's transition, and it's triumph. And the worst things that have happened in your life, God has used and is using to make the best things that you always dreamed about come to pass. And this shift that you've made in your life, even in the last few months, this is the Holy Spirit speaking directly to you. Just the little shifts that you've made in your life, God is saying, I'm bringing new people into your life. I'm bringing new relationships into your life because you care very deeply about people. You care very deeply about relationship and you know what it's like to have your heart broke. So here's what God's saying. I'm gonna use you to mend broken hearts. You're about helping people in their physicality and in their body. But God says, I'm gonna use you to heal broken hearts. That's gonna be a part of your future. And that guy sitting right next to you, I don't know much about you, but I can tell you somehow, some way, I believe God has connected you guys for a greater purpose than even you know. God's also doing a new thing in your life. I'm sorry, I can't remember your name. What's your name? If I was real perspective, I'd say your name's Marty. But the fact is, But the fact is, God's doing a new thing in you. And the word for you came out of the scripture earlier. Old things are passed away. And you're in a season where God says all things, not some of the things, but all things become new. So I hope you both receive that in the name of Jesus. Amen. So now watch this. Everybody that's standing, listen to me. Hear me. Today, everything shifts. Everything shifts. You know why? Because just a second ago, you were sitting in whatever you were sitting in. When you stood up, it's a picture that God says, that's there and you're here. And there's a shift that's happened in the name of Jesus. So Father, I pray for every person that's standing right now. Lord, there's some that are standing, they need you to give them a new heart. So would you do that right now? Would everybody just pray this prayer with me? This is not for everybody, but everybody pray this. Say, dear heavenly Father, Forgive me, wash me, cleanse me, make me new. For the rest of you, I wanna say this, no longer, no longer are the negative things going to be something that outweigh the positive things. God is showing you that he's gonna bring his future, his His purpose, his, his, his promises are yea and amen. They're going to happen for you from this day forward. I speak to people that have struggled with offense. And in the name of Jesus, God, I pray that we would be characterized by a spirit that is unoffendable. Everybody say this with me out loud. Say, Jesus, help me never again to walk in a spirit of offense. I receive freedom today in the name of Jesus. 
Those of you that are experiencing troubles, listen to me. Don't waste your trouble. You say, what does that mean? Here's what God's saying. Don't waste your trouble. The trouble is just the thing. But God says, I work all things together for your good. So what God is going to do is he's going to take your trouble. And I'm telling you, I already said it, but I want to say it again because I hear God saying it. I'm going to give you double for your trouble. If you won't focus on the thing, I'm going to make this thing work for you. I'm going to make the thing that's troubled you. I'm going to make, I'm speaking directly to some people right now. I'm going to make the thing that has kept you awake at night. I'm going to cause that thing to do something in you that I could not have done without this trouble. I'm drawing you close to me. And as you step close to me, God says by his Holy Spirit, I'm taking a step close to you. Draw close to me, God says, and I will draw close to you and I will heal your heart and I will cause this trouble to work for your good. And you will look back and say, now I understand God was doing something that I could not see. And God, I thank you that what I thought was trouble was what you were using for my double good in the name of Jesus. Come on, y'all receive that today. Oh, thank you, God. All right, you can sit down. Y'all come up here. You know what my staff told me this week? And I'm listen, I'm listening to them. They said, people want shorter services. I promise you, after this season, I will try to go shorter. I'm starving. I'm so hungry right now. I have to wait to eat. But y'all just listen to me. I'm not trying to have a long service. I'm trying to speak to you out of God's heart what He has for you. So just know I love you deeply. I care about you. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for giving me the privilege to help you in your thought processes and in your growth. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.